In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the guys have a great conversation with NWEA Senior Vice President of Professional Learning, Jacob Bruno, about the Responsive Teaching and Learning Series, composed of the Assessment Empowerment, Responsive Learning Cycles, and Goal-Setting Professional Learning Suites. It helps educators develop and refine skills to empower students' learning, well-being, and self-efficacy. There's an EduTech Tip of the Week. All that and more up next on the EduTech Guide. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm David Henderson. And I am Jeff Adlock. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for coming along, tuning in, downloading, turning it on, all that stuff. Remembering to tip your waitress because we're here all week. Hey, Try listen. To feel. Try to <laughs> button when it's nice and it's lean. <laughs> A little bit of horseradish on it. Hey, <laughs> listen, don't forget to check us out on the web, www.edutechguys.com. But, you know, more importantly, just follow us on social media because that's where we do all of our craziness. That's where we hang out the most, staring back at you with cute emoji eyes as a large muffled vehicle goes by. <laughs> I don't know what that was. The studio. Somebody riding a Harley around town. Doggone it. Someone stole our catalytic converter. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't funny, man. <laughs> That is true. It is not funny. Our apologies to anybody who's had their catalytic converter stolen. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> what is this turning into car talk all of a sudden? <laughs> hey, listen. It's going to be a great show. We're excited to have Jacob Bruno on the show talking about uh, the new stuff from NWEA. And, you know, we've had a, it, it's just in a series of what we've been talking about, you know, data driven, you know, programs. And, yeah. uh, who, you know, NWEA, been around a long time, knows what they're doing. So it's going to be really interesting to talk with him and, and see what he has to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, I think it's really cool that that we're seeing, especially for, for me, and when um, when you are talking with the companies who actually are also a part of the the assessment creation process, helping the teachers and administrators and, and students understand what they're seeing when they get the results back. To me, that makes that that that's, that makes such a difference for them to be able to step out and say, hey, look, here's, you know, we're not just giving you the assessment. We're going to show you what to do with the results of the assessment in order to help the students grow. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendously. So I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and hear something from somebody about something. <laughs> and then we'll be right back after this. Are you using Soundtrap for personal use, recording podcasts, making music, and more? More importantly, are you using Soundtrap in the classroom? Soundtrap for the classroom is amazing, allowing students the ability to create music, 
podcasts, audio for their projects, and so much more. Check out Soundtrap now at Soundtrap.com. Hey, welcome back to the Edutech guys. We're excited to have our next guest on the show, and we're going to let him tell us who he is, what he does, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I'm Jacob Bruno. I'm the Senior Vice President of Professional Learning at NWEA. And, you know, you may know NWEA is a research-based nonprofit that supports educators and students uh, via the the most valid and reliable student growth data in the industry. Uh, But that's just part of what we do. Where me and my team enter is really around the professional learning uh, that supports educators in taking action on data. Um, and so that's why I'm here to talk to you today. I'm really excited that you, you, you invited me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I think that's uh, so important. Um, that I, I know uh, my, my wife teaches uh, at a local school here, and um, they just did. Well, they're out of school now, but it wasn't too long ago where they were doing NWA testing, and and she is uh, very data driven teacher, very data driven. And uh, so I, mm-hmm. I think it's, so I'm, I'm very curious for you to share with our listeners who are also, you know, that kind of data driven, you know, they get the data, they get it. Um, so what are you doing for the professional learning, you know, helping the teachers understand what they're looking at with that data? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, data is an important piece, and we all know it. I, I, I'll also say that in ed prep, be it traditional uh, institutions of higher ed or alt cert, the connection of data and assessment to the, the core act that most of us uh, spend a lot of our time in ed prep and in the classroom focused on is instruction. Is bringing these puzzle pieces together is kind of left uh, generally as um, – you know, well, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, uh, good luck to you uh, out there in the field. And so we've taken the approach of really uh, contextualizing data and building supports for educators and systems around the data that, that uh, well, I guess, again, contextualizes the data. So uh, data to support instruction is uh, one of the puzzle pieces, the core one that, that you know, you just named. It, it is this answering the what now question uh, that data can uh, point you in the direction of. Then we have another puzzle piece that, that is what you're referring to. We've launched this year is responsive teaching and learning. This is kind of a marriage of assessment literacy. Uh, that's not just the the why of an assessment uh, or the what for, but really uh, how I'm going to use the data, how do I get kids involved with it, uh, how do I make sure that the uh, assessment data is measuring what I think it is. When you marry that with the formative assessment practice, what John Hattie might call you know, assessment-capable learners, answering those old questions of where am I now, uh, where am I going, how do I close the gap, all of these elements of of kind of day-to-day formative instruction that teachers need to connect data to is a critical piece. And there's two more uh, elements that we've really kind of centered our theory of change around. The next is content-focused learning, right? So uh, again, this notion of content-focused pedagogy, the importance and the depth that educators need there to make use of valid and reliable data on student growth, uh, uh, such that I know uh, well, you know, this is where little Johnny is today. Uh, but if I if I lack the the depth in mathematics pedagogy to understand, then well, 
where do I apply the scaffold? When is it appropriate to pull the scaffold away uh, to get to get kids to and and beyond you know academic content mastery at their grade levels? So that's a you know another puzzle piece to help contextualize the data and then finally creating creating supportive environments. How important that that nature of uh, uh, social emotional learning and equity driven practice in the classroom is is so critical for data and instruction to kind of come together and 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 take root in student learning you know i think it's wonderful what i'm hearing is that you're taking not just the data, but we're actually going to see every tentacle that reaches out and touches every other part of the opportunity to motivate and empower kids. And I think that's the biggest deal because we, we're trying to motivate them now and helping teachers understand how they can use the data to reach out those other areas is going to help them empower the kids to understand how they can use that data but to, uh, to motivate them. Because I think that's the biggest deal we learned over, over uh, the pandemic was when we were doing a lot of online learning, what really motivated kids was knowing what I'm what, why am I doing this and what am I going to get from it? The, the, the why factor? And you guys look like you're, you've got a, a multi-tiered opportunity to answer those why factors for not just the, the educators, but the students also. Hey, that's right. I think you really hit the nail on the head. If, if what we're after, which I believe we are, is developing student agency uh, in their academic lives, but in their lives generally, we have to help them see the why and uh, support them with the connective tissue between where they are now and where we need them to be, you know, all a uh, high academic, uh, highly rigorous academic content standards. Well, we need to do the same thing for educators, right? We've also been kind of, uh, you know, close, graduate from my ed prep program, uh, go to my practice, close the door for 30 years. I, I, know, I know that's not what good practitioners do, but a system has been created that whether it's uh, your positive behavior intervention system or this new curriculum or this new assessment that is brought in uh, or new standards, et cetera, a lot of educators feel like, well, this is just one more thing. This is one more thing I've got to do now. How does this fit into the, the kind of breadth and depth of what I'm doing with kids every day? So if we can create agency for educators, we believe educators will be better prepared to, to set up the conditions for agency for students. Well, and I think it's so important. You really, you really touched on a, I think you're going to touch on a nerve with many uh, educators out there who, who, who may fall into the exact uh, category that you spoke of just a second ago, and that is the ones who, you know, they, they had all of the, the pre-teaching stuff, they got all the prep stuff ready, and then got turned into the classroom, and for a very long time, as you said, 30 years plus, you know, for a very long time, that's they were left to their own devices for the most part. I mean, yeah, there was some PD along the way and da-da-da. Well, then, you know, recently, you know, given the the time of, of education in general, recently now data has become such an, a, a key point and and being able to interpret that data use that data um, and and focus on the formative parts of formative assessment understanding you know like you said getting into the literacy part and I think really that's part of why we're seeing some of these uh, longtime educators really struggling with some of this stuff and I think it's really cool that you guys are um, whether you whether this is a conscious effort or not you're you're kind of 
of helping to bridge that gap, make them understand that, you know, that it, this is there to help them, like you said, not be one more thing. Um, but if you, if you could kind of talk a little bit about that, about that kind of bridging the gap for those teachers who are really this whole data thing, you know, even though it's been around now for, you know, a decade or more, it's still kind of new compared to their teaching career. Speak to that a little if you could. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I appreciate the question. Let me assure you, it is, in fact, intentional, right? I mean, we know uh, that um, a lot of folks listening right now are saying, yeah, uh, I, that's my experience, too. I, I uh, jumped into the, the profession after Ed Prep and, um, you know, swam or, or, or to some degree felt like I was perpetually drowning based on um, uh a, a number of factors that are not necessarily scalable or replicable for every educator out there. That could be uh, the support of your principal. That could be the support of uh, your department chair or uh, the mentoring system that may or may not exist for new educators. And certainly that, um, that curriculum, your pathway to teaching. But all that being said, uh, uh, to your point, data is not new, but what we have not done um, is to professionalize the profession. You know, that Gallup research about teachers feeling, uh, um, you know, that they have the least say uh, in their careers than, as compared to garbage men, as compared to, you know, large, any other, uh, um, and I'm sure I'm butchering the Gallup study, but I know for sure teachers voiced that they were at the bottom of voice and choice and feeling like professionals. So this notion of, um, you know, again, we can provide great data, uh, but if we aren't supporting educators with how to use the data, it, it, not just from a, a, um, an interim capacity, you know, a couple, few times a year, but day in and day out, how are we seeking evidence of student thinking and student learning? How are we supporting students to recognize that and provide feedback uh, to one another? Uh, create this kind of um, virtuous circle of mm -hmm. learning that we all really need. That's how we professionalize the profession. That's how we uh, uh, give teachers the reinforcement, uh, the, how they can seek the reinforcement themselves, frankly, uh, as opposed to continually piling on. Teaching, we know, is a very, very complex uh, and can be a very tiring job. Uh, and yet the pieces to the puzzle are here before us. Um, and we just want to help teachers see the connections, put the pieces together, both for their professional uh, success and, and uh, enjoyment, and to your point, retention uh, and the like, but also for the kids they serve. Yeah. You know, continuing educator, would you guys, I, yeah, I know that podcast because it's on my list. Um, uh, when you guys rebooted it, well, you didn't reboot, when you started season two, we were really talking about agency, um, several episodes, and, and, and that's, a, that's a big deal. And I think that's the thing that our educators, some of them, you know, <laughs> you've been doing this a long time like we have. Well, you know, we can all agree that if you're in a room of 100 teachers and you say the word rubric, some of the young ones are going to be like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a rubric, but they don't really understand when you say that one word, what that is. And I, I know that, I, well, come on, Jeff, mm -hmm. but that's the way it is. So agency, you know, the way I like to talk to my teachers about agency, and, and, I, and I think that that's the biggest deal, is they don't understand the concept of using it, um, of what the word really means in 
using it in education or using it when teaching a child or getting, you know, the agency of it. I think that's a big one. And I see now that you guys have realized, okay, we've got to help them understand the professionalism that's involved with that and how that this is, this is what you do. And this is, this is what it's part of. So talking about that, let's talk about that, the way you're doing that, the framework you guys have built, you know, have, can you speak a little bit to how you've designed this to help teachers have those aha moments as they're going through this and learning it? Because I know it's not a come to a workshop for eight hours, go forth and multiply. It's not going to be that way at all. This is a continuing thing that's going to right, be ongoing. Right. So can you speak a little bit to that about how the teachers are going to understand the agency of it, understanding how to use data, you know, empowering kids, empowering themselves and uh, the frameworks that you guys have put together for this? Well, I, I, you know, I'm glad you asked the question. It, it is um, true that uh, um, everything we do, we, we first build from the learning forward standards. So if you're an educator and you don't know learning forward, I encourage you to check them out. They're a, a nonprofit membership organization mm-hmm. that sets the professional learning standards. And, and they've got a lot of great resources. If you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you're a principal, if you're a, a district administrator, if you're an outside provider, um, what is your role in moving learning forward? So what are those professional, you know, informed by adult learning theory and the like, what are those standards for professional learning and education? So we root everything in their work. We cross-reference the National Board of Professional Te- Teaching Standards to ensure that those ahas that you speak to, that they're baked in, that we have very clearly, here's what you're going to learn. Here's uh, what we want to want you to get out of it, but also informed by the, the robust research in adult learning, which says to your point, um, professional learning for adults is contextualized to their roles. It is ongoing. It's not drive by. It's not an eight hour, uh, you know, see you later. I hope you got everything you needed. It's uh, it's, spread out over time, you know, I um, uh, am really, I guess to your direct question, this portfolio that we're creating, it was a lot easier, certainly when, you know, well, you you take the NWEA map test, we'll give you some professional learning around map. We're holding ourselves to a higher standard. We know that that's not sufficient to help all needs uh, that educators might have. Not that we want to be all things to all people, but where instruction matches or connects with data, uh, that's where we want to find ourselves to help educators should they find a need there. And so, um, you know, from clear, uh, clearly articulated goals and outcomes for each session, the kinds of things that going into it, I know I'm going to learn and uh, expand my practice to that learning trajectory. You know, I listened a couple episodes ago, you had uh, the uh, the folks from Territorium, you talk about badging, this whole notion that we see in career and technical education, but is, you know, coming increasingly to educator preparation and educator uh, uh, professional learning, this notion of demonstration of skills and competencies that build upon one another, just like content academically builds upon one another. That is part of it. So, um, you know, you know, David, you and Jeff may have a different uh, set of needs, but you can start somewhere. You can continue your learning, uh, you know, individually to create the pathway of expertise that is just right for your context and your classroom. Uh, we want to be a content provider and a PL provider that's right there uh, with you. That can also, I should mention, meet you where you are, uh, whether you prefer in-person learning, you prefer asynchronous learning, you prefer virtual coaching, uh, uh, on-site coaching to do that transfer to practice, close that 
knowing doing gap that we as adults sometimes have as well. So for those educators listening, and here's the question, <laughs> we always pose this to everyone. So the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the educators that are listening, the administrators that are listening, the curriculum coordinators, those folks that are all listening, uh, onboarding process, you know, what are we looking at? How easy is this to implement? How easy is this to make happen? Um, so that let's say we want to kick it off August the 14th when school starts in Arkansas. Well, don't call me August 13th. I'll say that. <laughs> well, I'm, I am and I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, joking aside, the one thing I will say is, you know, look, let's be clear-eyed with one another. Yeah. Uh, there is no easy button here. There is no easy button for teaching and learning. And those that, that offer one, I encourage you to go uh, uh, go. Go easily. Run run the other way is what we tell them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps. Right, perhaps. Um, uh, That being said, we want to meet educators and, and, you know, leaders and systems where they are. So taking that first step should be immensely easy, right? Uh, The the catalog of what we're offering, and we think we're offering the right things, uh, both specific if you're a map growth user, let's say, or map reading fluency user. We've obviously got great professional learning for you there. But if you're not even an NWEA partner, but you you hear this conversation about responsive teaching and learning or digging deep into content-focused pedagogy, we feel like we've got the right stuff for you there as well. So, you know, you could reach out via the nwa.org site, uh, uh, find somebody, give us your date. Let's have a conversation about what the needs of, uh, you know, for you or your educators are. Uh, and, and let's take a look at the calendar to your point. The, the hurdle to begin is low. Uh, but again, I'll say the path very likely to actualize what you want for your system is one, uh, uh, that you know, one of you mentioned just a little bit ago. It can't be drive by. So if you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna take the first step, recognize it's a journey, and that we all need to invest in in one another and in our teachers to to again, you know, treat them as the professionals that we know they are. Well, I think I think what you're talking about here and uh, the, the the verbiage you're using. Um, would really be a wonderful conversation for districts to have. I think it would make them understand the direction the NWA is going and uh, what you're planning on, you know, creating, you know, uh, this beautiful, you know, student outcome, you know, based on equitable teaching practices. You know, just it, this is what it's about. This is about getting the right thing at the right time equitably across the board and making teachers feel really, I'm just going to use the plain old Jane, feeling really special about what they do again, because I think we've lost that. I think we've lost this ability for them to really feel like they're in control and they know exactly what they're doing to live that moment to moment in the classroom. And when they make a decision, feel comfortable about making that decision when it comes to the education of a child. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I I think that's it. Yep. Cool, man. So, um, uh, do you have a question? So I was going to ask, uh, if, so you, you gave one there, if folks want to reach out and find out more about this, giving the, give them the full title of what they should ask because NWEA does a lot more than just this. So if I call and go, Hey, we want to do that program. Sure we thing. heard you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, I'll say you can reach out to NWEA, uh, uh, you know, representatives. You can go to NWEA.org. We have a, a, an 800 number that I don't have memorized because, uh, you know, I haven't memorized the phone number in a long time. Um, but that you can reach out. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're interested, if you're a map growth user, map reading fluency, map accelerator user, you're interested in that, it, then name it. I'm interested in my educators or my administrators learning more uh, about how to use this data. 
if you aren't a, a partner or if you're a partner, but you're more interested in some of the product independent things, mm-hmm. I'm interested in how data connects to uh, formative practice in the classroom. I'm interested in how data connects to content focused pedagogy in math or ELA or disciplinary literacy uh, uh, or, you know, uh, ec- how data can be used to identify and close equity and opportunity gaps, how we can uh, uh, attack that through a real data focused lens. Um, then please, you know, those were, would be some of the buzzwords to get started. If yeah. all else fails, reach out to jacob.bruno at nwea.org and uh, I'll do my best to there it is. be the traffic cop. <laughs> there I it is. <laughs> and I have to throw in there, uh, on social media, it's easy, at NWEA. It's, that's where it is everywhere. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, you name it. You uh, name Instagram, it. NWEA. You can find them. Um, uh, Jacob, we want to thank you for coming on the show. I know it was a, a quick one, and but next time uh, we'll, I'd like to hear, you know, what's going to happen after this. You know, what's going to be the the big thing? I can't wait well, to hear the success of it. I, you know, look, it, it was an honor to be here. I love what you guys do. I've, I've been listening for a long time, so it was pretty exciting when I when I got the invite to come join you. And if you're listening, you know, another thing I'd be remiss if I didn't name: check out our blog, Teach, Learn, Grow. Uh, which has a lot of educator-focused uh, uh, blogs uh, that that I find a lot of educators find really, really supportive in the classroom. Tremendously. Thanks again for the time, gentlemen. You bet. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much to Jacob Bruno for joining us today. That was awesome. I mean, it's so cool. Like I said before the break, it's, it's so cool to see what they're doing in terms of not just giving the teachers their data back, but really helping them feel professional in their profession. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely so. And, you know, we talked a lot about some really interesting things in their agency, you know, the thing, and and I really believe what everyone's trying to get to a point so that teachers uh, feel more comfortable about making those those minute-to-minute, moment-to-moment decisions in the classroom, and if we can back them with data to do it and make them feel good about themselves and, and feel confident about the decision they made. Because... Hey, in today's world, you know, Jeff says something and a kid immediately Googles it and finds out that Jeff's full of poo. <laughs> and sometimes he is. So, you know, so that's that's, that's a big one right there. <laughs> so I tell you what, um, all of that said, don't forget to check them out, nwea.org. And uh, all the information was right there. But, you know, you can follow them on social media, nwea, which, uh, hey, I'm looking at my watch. You will not believe what time it is. <gasps> it's time for... The Edutech tip of the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> we won't say the week anymore. I know I did at the opener, but... But the show doesn't... It doesn't. Matt Dozier is going to be so disappointed. All right, all right. Edutech tip of the week. There you go. That's for you, Matt, if you're listening. So you better be listening. Hey, listen, this week, it's a, it's a really good one. Um, the Google pronunciation tool. This is so cool. <laughs> it would have been even funnier if I could have said, it's the Google pronunciation <laughs> tool. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hold on, I've got to use the tool. <laughs> really cool, because, you know, you, uh, we, doing this, we wonder if we say names especially correctly, yeah. which I don't think Google fixes that. But like I said, it's other words, too. Sometimes we have to double-check ourselves and make sure we are pronouncing them correctly. <laughs> so what's cool about this one is you can uh, you can do this and go into Google. So you can open a new tab into in Google, then type in the search bar, address bar, uh, the word that you want to know or how to say, followed by, followed by the word pronunciation. 
and that's what it does for you. And it has some cool interactive tools that show up, and it shows you, it breaks it down phonetically and the whole bit. And then right over to the side, it has a scary mouth that will read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually has a recording of the pronunciation for yeah. you. So that's all you can do. So you can put in you know, extra uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious space pronunciation, and guess what? It's going to pronounce That's it right. for you. Or Worcestershire. Worcestershire. In fact, <laughs> uh, on the uh, it's a Worcestershire. Sure. I'm, we're looking at it on, on the screen at this point. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Hold on. Another muffler. Boy, a lot of Catalina birds getting stuck <laughs> out there. <laughs> so, yeah, check it out. It's yeah. the pronunciation option in Google Chrome. Yeah, so, very pretty cool. easy. Put yeah. in your word. Put in pronunciation. Now, if you don't know how to spell pronunciation, then Google it. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, right after this episode, I'm going to put in pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> Listen, uh, I hope you've had a good time. If you're listening to this, we're probably on our way or possibly at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans. Yeah. So um, if you're there and you're listening to this on your trip or the flight, which we're going to be, and that's what you're looking at right now, the social media graphic that says, hey, listen to us on your trip to Disney 2022. <laughs> um, find us. You won't miss us there. We'll be dressed up like uh, um, uh, uh, circus clowns. No, we won't. We'll be walking around with our T-shirts on or a shirt that says Edutech guys or, you know, foil on our head with antennas coming out of the top because we'll be live. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of get a good signal. <laughs> hey, listen, it's been a great show. We hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the Bee Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of high-performance leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand-new book, Culture Rules. Kate Eberly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffelli, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to The Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.